Everybody in the morning should do a good turn. All right. Hi, guys. Those are lyrics for our queen deep dive today. I'm stoked to be talking about this number. Oh, my. Am I excited? This is, believe it or not, track number 10 on Queen's seventh album, Jazz, released in 1978. And you might be surprised that at track 10, we're finally getting to a Roger Taylor contribution on the album Jazz. Yeah, his first, not his last. And honestly, I'm just going to say it. It's one of my favorites from him. It's so great. It's so fun, appropriately so, that I latched onto it for a time. I considered using a lyric or this song's title for various things in my life. It's actually a cool mantra to hold on to, this one. I think it's appropriately Roger because everything I've read from him very much so emphasizes enjoying the moment and not worrying about the past or the future and just kicking it. And this is so appropriate. This is dive number 77. And the number we're talking about today is the one and only Fun It. I've mentioned it a few times already, talking about jazz, because jazz is fun. It is their funnest album, as far as I'm concerned. As a whole, it is Queen's funnest album. And we're finally at this glorious number that I love so much. I'm going to gush all over it this entire dive, because I love this song. It is easily one of my most listened to Queen songs. And it was actually the B-side to the earlier jazz number, Jealousy, which if you remember is a very ballad-heavy number. And this was the B-side. And the single was released April 27th of 1979 in the U.S. And I gotta say, this feels like an odd choice, if I'm honest, to put these two together. I mean, you have Jealousy, which is such a soaring ballad. And then you have this, which is anything but that. But given America's affinity for disco, 1979, I get it. Because guess what? This is funk, disco, rock. Oh, man. You guys, not only do we never get this again from Roger or Queen or anybody in Queen, This song is, honestly, it's a standout from just about anybody. I've read that from so many people that say, or write, comment, etc. There isn't really anything to compare this to. Yes, it takes elements of not only Queen's earlier stuff, but other songs, other artists of the time. Something about the way this is mashed together is it's totally, it's, it's a totally unique thing. It's its own thing. And I love it. Roger, how did you come up with this? And why didn't we get more? (laughs) I love it. I love it that much. Sadly, the single did not chart. But we're going to talk about this song. And I'm going to celebrate it like crazy anyway. 114 beats per minute. Very comfortable tempo. And very simple all around. 4-4 time signature. E minor key. That's it. We don't have any neighboring keys or key changes or transitions. 
We don't have any time signature shifting. It's very basic. But for all the basicness of this funk disco rock thing, there's so much going on here, you guys. It's time to jive. Let's dance. That's all this song is about. Fun it. It's simple. You don't have to think that hard listening to this. You're not supposed to. Let's dance. (laughs) This is nothing like anything before it. And a bit of a precursor to the brilliant Another One Bites the Dust. Yeah. Fun It is Queen's first officially disco-influenced number, but also incorporates a bit of rock, of course, plenty of funk. This is the funkiest thing I think we get, except for perhaps much later tracks, maybe a couple of them. And this perhaps hints at jazz and blues as well. Roger, more than any of the others, continued pushing Queen into sounds of the moment, and this song is no exception. Officially, the jazz album is the last Queen album to not have any synths. But this is slightly untrue. Raj uses a bit of syndrome to add some dance and synthesized style to the percussion. This seems surprising, coming from our rock and roll loving drummer. But knowing Roger's propensity for what was at the time new wave and futuristic sounds... This suddenly makes sense. Roger provides many instruments here beyond the drums, and his stamp is all over this. But Brian provides additional soulful guitar licks. Raj takes the vocal lead, but trades off with Freddie. And a wonderful surprise, we hardly ever get in a Queen song, a duet. They take the lead together in the chorus, aggressively, plenty of style and swagger. Both. The boys give us lots of vocal range, never run out of attitude. Such a unique sound in the song that we've never heard before and never hear again. Aside from similarities in intros or drum beats, occasional elements and patterns heard before. Even compared to other bands' numbers of the time, this is quite a standout in its sound. I cannot say that enough. Not as melodic by any means, no. An incredibly sparse in arrangement, but that's what gives it that funk flavor. When I hear this, especially coming from Roger, I think about Tenement Funster and some of the drum riffs in it and the attitude there. Fight from the Inside, which of course was a very slight tinge of disco. And other tracks that incorporate these guitar riffs that echo the one here, Great King Rat. Death on Two Legs, yes. There are arrangements in those guitar riffs that are similar to this one here. It's interesting too, I was thinking about this as I was thinking about the fact that yes, Roger was vital to pushing Queen into new territories, trends of the time. So he pushes very hard into dance here. But what's interesting, and we'll talk about this more at length later, The album Hot Space, you guys, came out in 82. We're not even going to talk about it for a few more albums yet. But that album is Queen's most dance pop album. But oddly enough, Roger and even Brian, both of them were not as big of fans of it. And there's a lot of reasons for that. But I find it very interesting that Roger was the one to kind of initiate this, okay, let's go into this territory a little bit. Sonically, 
but he wasn't really a fan of the Hot Space album, which incorporated so many more elements of this. And he wasn't even sure about Another One Bites the Dust and making that a single. I'm going to talk about this all some more when I get to those songs, that album again. But I was thinking about this big picture as I was diving into this song, and I thought, this is so weird that this man thought of this, came up with this idea, this jive that I absolutely love, but he's like, eh. (laughs) We go down the road a few years, and he's like, eh. And so it's just, it just fascinates me. Lots of questions for Mr. Taylor about that. Tell me more, Raj. I'd love to know. Now, this song is officially noted as being performed 57 times, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. little secret for you guys. It wasn't really performed. Freddie would sometimes sing lines from this during the intro or elsewhere in the song, Keep Yourself Alive, in 78 and 79. But it was never played live as a full number. I knew There was something weird about that. I knew I'd previously noted they never truly played this live because I tore through set lists throughout 78 and 79 and I couldn't find it anywhere. Though I did find one instance of a recorded performance, Rotterdam, January 29th, 1979. Freddie sings a bit of fun it after the first chorus while Roger pounds away on the drums on the downbeats, Brian riffing along that addicting lick. I'm not going to lie. I kind of freaked out (laughs) hearing that. So I clearly need to listen to more live performances. And I've listened to so many, I can't even remember. But it's hard for me to, in my brain, to catalog all of these things I've heard. So sometimes when I hear stuff like this, and I've never heard that particular instance before, and it happens to be this rare one-off where Freddie does something like this, and he, you know, starts singing. Everybody in the morning should do a good turn. All right. I'm just like, it's during that Pardon, keep yourself alive after the verse where Brian's going, you know, and it's just the the beats going, and Freddie's singing that. I'm just like, it works. <laughs> I love it. It's fantastic. But no, this was not officially performed 57 times. That is a miss. That's a misstep. That is not an actual real fact. But it, it is noted. If you look at set list and you look at Queen's performances, this song is noted as being performed 57 times. And it actually makes me question how accurate the rest of the data is. But I apologize after the fact now if anything I've said about the previous 75, 76 dives was incorrect when it came to live performances. I beg your pardon, please. I take what I can get and I vet it as best I can. But let's move on. Lots of firsts and rare happenings here in Funnet. This is Queen's first official foray into disco, though we had a glimpse of it, of course, in Roger's Fight from the Inside on News of the World. Also, as I previously briefly noted, one of the only true duets we ever get from Queen is here, and Roger and Freddie provide those trade-off lead vocals. A little bit of harmonizing at the end of the chorus. This happens so seldom. I love when we get it. It's a different take 
on the styles and a fresh contrast to their heavily layered vocals that blended so well in that wall of sound, those wall walls of vocals, if you will. So here, both Roger and Freddie, they both shine. And Roger provides, yeah, let's let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about everything Roger did here. As the usual, provides not just drums, plays syndrome, which was introduced only two years prior in 1976, by the way. And if you remember, Roger played this during live performances of the previous album's Get Down, Make Love. I mentioned that, remember? And Roger even supplies a few electric guitar riffs. It's fun to pick out where he plays and where Brian fills in with his lyrical style. Very different. Oh, and, and Roger also plays bass guitar. You heard that right. John sat this one out. Or Roger told him to sit down. <laughs> Do you guys remember that line from Step Brothers? If you can't sing, just sit down and shut up or something like that. <laughs> Needless to say, like previous Roger numbers before it, Fun It sees the composer on many instruments. One of the reasons I love it, and I love Roger's creativity and his drive so much. He's just like, I'm doing everything. <laughs> That's what I love. That's what I love about the man. Nothing nada to say from the boys about this though. This is one of those numbers that feels a little bit more like a deep track. I think more is mentioned about it from fans, but there's definitely nothing said from the guys in particular that I could find. But I have another reference to Mitchell Cohen of Cream. Yeah, he didn't like this one either. <laughs> he said, quote, fun it is their disco number, for Christ's sake, and it still sounds like a funeral march with lyrical babble about dynastic movements. <laughs> okay, Mitchell. <laughs> you can think and say what you want to. It's okay. I don't agree with you at all, but that's okay. I love this song. I love it. And I know I'm not the only one. But really, aside from the occasional reference over the years on various blogs, forums, I don't really read a thing about this anywhere, ever. But here's the thing, you guys. I love it so much. It was my ringtone. <laughs> For a brief period of time. The only reason I changed it was because it didn't really have enough punch to get my attention. It's so not melodic with a very sparse arrangement that I would hear it in my purse or across the room. And it just sounded, because it's all percussion and just some vocals mostly, I would, it's like, it sounded like a noise rather than a ringtone. So I ended up changing it, but I did have it as my ringtone. For a time, I loved it that much. Dry drums, it actually reminds me of Billie Jean a little bit. Really, very basic beat and addicting, and it's gonna carry us through the whole song. Then that syndrome comes in, syncopation. When you look at this drum beat on paper, it's actually quite unique and complex. And ooh, that guitar riff, singable, yes. Edgy, totally funk, so fun, and accents us into the verse with a dissonant chord, very nice. If I had to guess, this is Roger 
playing guitar? It doesn't sound quite like Brian's lyrical vibrato, but then Brian is extremely good at playing in many different techniques. As obvious as it is, when we go into the verse, I never think about the fact that there are literally no melodies or harmonies other than the vocals. Everybody in the morning should do a good turn. All right. You know what? Something else personal about this song and about me, I love warming up with this song because first of all, it's in the perfect range. Second of all, I can really dig into it. So it's a lot of fun. Absolutely dig this number. And this is very, very different from Roger. The usual grit and aggressive drive of of his voice is traded here in this verse for something more natural and casual. I like it. It's like something he'd sing to himself absentmindedly and makes it more fun that way. But we aren't without his attitude for very long. Everybody in the nighttime should have a good time all night. These vocals are accented by the syndrome glissando effect. Don't shun it, fun it, whistle. That's the first time we hear it, the whistle. And Roger fills with some nice cymbals to build the energy. This song really is all about the percussion and the syncopation. Freddie, dear, there you are. In this little pre-chorus, the instruments are back, bass, guitar, with lots of fret noises, in unison going up those scales, but falling back down and winding up again. I love the sneaky scratches and noises here and there. Nice appearances from that syndrome again. Can't you see? Now you're moving free. Get some fun. Join our dynasty. Perfect delivery from Freddie and quite soulful, clear. I think Brian appears there on that single, singable higher note. Otherwise, this is all dirty guitars and bass, likely all of it from our boy Raj. The intro riff, slightly altered, appears again before we dig into the chorus, and it's extremely present and weighted by that bass this go-round. Hey, everybody, everybody gonna have a good time tonight. Very treble and bright vocal delivery. Roger sounds fantastic in this range. This chorus, uh, it's sexy, it's fun. Fun it, baby. Totally riff-driven and dancing and scratching along. Roger and Freddie sound fabulous together. Not a lot of harmonies, hardly any, really. Just that driving chord riff. That's the only soul you'll ever meet. So I want to talk about that transition between Roger on the high notes and Freddie on the low notes. They both shift only a half step, but one goes up, Roger, and the other goes down, Freddie. So we've got Freddie, that's the only soul you'll ever meet. And then we got Raj, that's the only soul you'll ever meet. Genius. And not something just anyone would do. The end of this phrase has a great sinking glissando from the guitars. That's more noise than anything else. But then a melodic riff appears again. All of this The drums, the bass, the guitars, so good. Second verse, more of the same addicting and fun stuff with the guitar riff lingering this time. A few more appearances from Brian on some licks. 
At least I think that's Brian. Another awesome pre-chorus with those rolling guitars and Freddie chiming in. Get your kicks. Get your tricks with me. Get up and dance, honey. Fun's for free. Jamming chorus with a slightly altered midsection with Roger on the left and Freddie on the right. Everybody gonna have a good time tonight, time tonight, time tonight. And then once again, that lovely counterpoint of Roger going up and Freddie going down. More fills, more riffs, more tricks, more funk and noise and jazz. Don't shun it, fun it. And we get a whistle again in the middle of that. Nice syncopation of drums. Brian appears in this outro and ooh, it's hot. Pentatonic scale, double stops, a spinning synth sound. Don't shun it, whistle, fun it. And then it ends. It just stops. <laughs> there's no fade out. There's no big crash. It almost sounds like there's a glitch. But no, the moment that Roger finishes that fun it, it just stops. And I kind of like it that way. It's just abrupt. There's an urgency to this. You know, it is relaxed and funky and very sparse, but there's a sharpness to it, which I think comes from that very isolated, dry beat. This is similar to what I mentioned before with Another One Bites the Dust. There's something about this that is a precursor to that, that sounds like that, and it is very much the drum beat. And yeah, there's an intensity here. Very sharp, very poised and refined and centered. I love the sound of this song. And if at least my copy of this album, I've talked about this, how jazz isn't produced, mixed, mastered the same way as previous albums that I've loved so much. If this was that much more refined and perhaps on other pressings it is, oh man, would I love this even more. I mean, I, I love it. Don't get me wrong. I love Fun It, but it would be that much better if I could hear this in even higher quality. But that's it. A short, succinct, wonderfully funky, fun number. This is a simple, tricky, tricksy, sexy little number. And I love it. I love Fun It. I love everything about it. I think this would have been incredible as a live arrangement. They could have done it rockier. They could have added a lot of weight to this. And it would have been fun to hear Deaky on his bass play this because on the album, it's Raj. We've talked about Roger contributing so many instruments to his songs that it's almost a solo track for him. So when he writes something, you better believe that he's going to be like, this is mine and I'm going to make it mine and I'm going to pick up all these instruments because it's mine. <laughs> but I got to admit, if it was me, I'd probably do the same thing. Collaboration is important. And we cannot knock Raj for trying to steal the show a little bit. This man was all about being an integrated part of the whole. I've talked about that a lot. I think I talked about that extensively when I named him my pick for who stole my attention the most on News of the World. Yes, I did. I talked about how he isn't even really a fan of drum solos. He'll do it, and he's so good at it, but he would much rather just be this part of the whole. He likes to fit into that piece of the puzzle. And I dig that. 
I really dig that. And I love Fun It. A great number from Roger Taylor, our favorite drummer. And you need to go check it out. I wish there was a cool alternate version of this to talk about, but sadly there's not. So just enjoy the album version in all its fun glory. I'll be back next time, guys. Maybe I'll change it up. I think we have, what, three tracks left on the album? Yes. We have three tracks left on jazz, and that would be the perfect breather right here before we dive into the last three and close it out. That will truly be the end of an era, because as I said, jazz is officially, aside from the odd syndrome on this track, it is officially the last Queen album with no synthesizers. I guess that's still true. I mean, the syndrome isn't technically a synthesizer. It's not the same thing, at least not at the time. But now when I think about synthesized instruments, they're all kind of lumped together. Anyway, I digress. Keep yourselves alive. I'll be back next time with something a little different and new, probably. I have no idea what it's going to be. But we'll dive in. We'll dive in headlong. And you're rushing headlong. Man, I can't wait to get to that song. That is a ways down the road. One of my favorite running tracks, that one. Later, guys. <laughs>